This is Martin. This is Matt. This is Dino. Uh, so we've got some news. We're going to be um, changing up the format a little bit uh, after this episode moving forward. Yeah, because we realize you guys really don't like us. <laughs> no, that's, that's a joke. Um, no, we... we We're our adapting. Mo- our most uh, popular episodes with you guys seem to be our History of Black Metal episodes and our uh, beer podcast uh, episode that we did a while back with, uh, with Corey. So if I have to drink for you guys, I accept it. <laughs> I accept that. We'll just reschedule when we record these for the yeah, weekend. Yeah, it has to be on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to be... We'll still, do, we'll still do album reviews and we'll try and do interviews with people just like we did uh, with Leif. But um, we're going to start doing more historical uh, metal podcasts. And what that means is that uh, Dino, do you want to? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's going to cover, I think, a range of things. So we're thinking uh, maybe pick up certain themes, like uh, I think our upcoming one, we we're thinking about doing Elizabeth Bathory, since she's covered in a lot of metal. A lot of metal. Yeah. Just songs and I think even, I mean, names of bands mm-hmm. too. Um <laughs> There was actually one that I was thinking of while we were doing this podcast, which was uh, Dante's Inferno. Oh, snap. Yeah, but also, you know, uh, band, just certain musicians, like maybe Chuck Schuldner or... or uh, I'm so down for a Chuck podcast. Oh, I'm down for the Or Chuck. like James Murphy or, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, that will be that will be coming up. It will mean that episodes will probably become less frequent, but they'll probably have more of what you guys uh, are enjoying from from what we offer. So we'll we'll putting those together, and uh, we look forward to to doing that for you guys. So, anyways, here is the episode. Enjoy. have reviewed apparently <laughs> no way way <laughs> okay who would like to go first in the album review i might want to go first yeah just you because go i didn't i didn't really You're prepare bad. that well You're bad for this so I'm, i apologize yeah you, and you were sick which you had ample time dude to do. i i worked when i was sick uh-huh. so mm-hmm. fuck your mother, which is, which is not cool. <laughs> okay. So, oh, fuck, I don't know why I wrote this. I wrote down the wrong band. <laughs> Again? Yeah, I, I did Kronos, the album Arisen New Era. I wrote down Kryptos, which is a metal band, but it's not the band that I reviewed. So... Uh, this is a brutal death metal band from France. Yeah. Uh, they started in 1994, and they released albums from 2001, 2004, 2007 was the last one, and 2015. I love France. That's quite a gap. I know. And it, I couldn't get an explanation of why the gap. Mind the gap. Um, That's probably why. But I, I think... That it was a, a decent album. It was the thoughts that I got from it super staccato. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Emperor's last album, um, Prometheus, Prometheus. Just yeah. because it's so, it's like chuggy. And um, I mean, I, I can't really think of a better word to describe it than staccato. It's just like very, like the drums are doing lots of blast beats. The fucking drummer, man. Like, he's a machine. I was very... I am a machine. I was very impressed with that drummer. I was exhausted <laughs> by the time I was just like, man, like, I... And I listened to the previous albums, too, and they're the same. And I'm like, this the whole live show is like, I'm gonna fucking run a marathon tonight. And, um... 
yeah, buy legs. Yeah, so, um, fucking, yeah, awesome drummer. The bassist stood out a lot for me, too, just because there were a couple parts where, you know, he does tapping on it, or um, the mix wasn't actually, he wasn't mixed too far back. You could actually hear what he was doing. Um, the singer, I don't know, it just kind of sounds like, I can't pinpoint him with another album, but he sounds, oh man, Septic Flesh maybe? Hmm. No, no, maybe not. But um, he's got kind of like a metalcore side to him. Yeah, it's just like a tinge of it. Yeah, it kind of creeps in. It's weird because I feel like it's like a perfume where you don't know whether you enjoy it or whether you or whether you do. Yeah, because it's got that little note. I think it's fitting, and it kind of grows on you a little bit. And it makes sense with the sound. And yeah. it's just like brutal up front. There's fucking awesome solos strewn throughout. There's mm-hmm. awesome melodic parts strewn throughout. Fucking tapping stuff. Um, I got a little bit fatigued, I think, towards maybe the last 75% of the album. Which, by the way, I felt like the album's very short. I didn't check the time on it. It's probably like maybe 40 minutes. I think that's it felt accurate. Yeah. Yeah, but it, for me it felt long because I thought every track kind of blended into one another. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a similar similarity there, <clears throat> but... I actually didn't feel that way, but I think I listened to stuff like this maybe the most. At yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the thing that makes it sound similar is that, you know, you, you get guitars going at similar uh, tempo as previous songs with the drums right. going at equal tempo, and it's just... Yeah, I mean, the, the melodies are clearly different, but I think each song is matched in brutality. Yes. So. I think that I think that should be something that they used to sell this right. <laughs> each song is matched in its brutality. <laughs> no, and that, that's the one thing I really enjoyed is that when, when it would kind of calm down for the second and the melodies would like pop out, it, that's what really made me enjoy that this record. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Although I hated the first song because he didn't stop singing. Yeah, I felt that way for like the first two songs. I was like, this guy's got Hansi Kerr syndrome here. Yeah, that first song though, um, Zeus Dethroned. No wait, no, no that's so, Infernal De- Abyss Sovereignty. I, I think there's a badass ripping solo in the end of that, which I really like. There's a lot of those. On you there. know what's <laughs> funny is is Matt and I actually listened to this album from start to finish the other night. Yeah, yeah. He brought over some beer, and we had a couple beers, and we listened to this whole album from start to finish. And it was weird because at the beginning of the listening session, we were both kind of like, oh, "I don't know, this singer needs needs to like, like take a yeah, just kind of take breath. a chill pill." Um, oh, can I ask a question? This is a dedicated singer, right? Does he not do anything else in the band, or does he play guitar or something? I be- that's a good question. It didn't say what the members did. I I had a hard time finding that as well. Yeah, I. Because there was there was something to the effect where there's a picture of five band members, but only three or four were listed. I'm like, well, this doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, there were four listed, which makes me think that think that the singer does do guitar. But well, I think that it's I think that they got a session guy. Oh no, that's sorry, what I felt five. too. I again, I don't know. I didn't I didn't do the research on the band, so. But I, I, I did feel, though, as when the record did progress, oh, it, yeah. it no, got he's better d- for dedicated. me. Okay. Yeah, see, that's so this is a point I'm going to bring up, which is that this is the risk you run whenever you have somebody who only sings in a band, is they, not to be rude, but they like never shut the fuck up. Right. Which is why I call it Hansi Kerr Syndrome, because that guy, all he fucking does is sing, and he's a great singer. But there's a lot of times when I'm listening to Blind Guardian where I'm like, you are unnecessary at this moment. Yeah. And I think I was like one of the people that brought that up to you the first time. And you're like, yeah, I liked him, but he just doesn't stop singing. And you're like, that's weird. I never thought of that. What was that band with him and John Schaefer for My Star? Uh, Demons and Wizards. Wizards, yes. yeah. Yeah, because he did that a lot in that too. It's yeah. his personality. It, it was really funny because I remember listening to that and being like, oh man, like he's fucking up John's riff. <laughs> Stock riff, man. You're fucking it up. <laughs> but there's other bands like Dream Theater where I, I feel like, I mean, the musicians. 
Yeah, but I mean, let's. I think that's because James knows that at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> you could just. Bye, James. <laughs> yeah. What was that? It's been nice. Yeah. It says in your con- contract. You, you are you are replaceable. Yeah. You could um, only sing on fifty percent of the record. <laughs> <laughs> this is this record is for us, and you sing every now and then in case we can get a song on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Never. No, I actually I, I really like him. Um, I like James Libri as a singer. Although lately, I feel like he's got this kind of. Um, I don't know how to describe like maybe a nasal quality when he goes up high for yeah, a little but, while. He goes, ah! But it, that kind of happened when he blew his voice. Is that why that I happens? Think so. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna I'm guessing. I'm not gonna bag on him for damage to his voice. Put his voice in the line for Prague. <laughs> All in the name of Prague. All in the name of Prague. But anyway, Kronos. Kronos. I I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Um, it's good, like I said. Out of five, you mean out of six? Out of six, God. Four and a half damn. out of six. Four and a half out of six. Um, I think the only thing that brings it down really is just the variability. It's there's not a whole lot there, but there's great things in every song. Yeah. It's just not a lot to give it uh, the higher score. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna also give it a four and a half out of five. Uh, six. I'm at a six. Yeah. Thanks for fucking me up on that now. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right. Yeah. Four and a half. Four and a half out of six. Uh, I I really enjoyed uh, pretty much everything about this album except for the singer um, singing as much as he does. I felt like that was a downside. Also, the little bit of metalcore. It's weird because I got used to it and then I gave it a couple of days. I came back to it and then it bothered me again. <laughs> but uh, whatever. Yeah. I. I I still really like it. The guitar player fucking shreds. The bass player is really good. The drummer is amazing, I think, on the album. And <clears throat> there's like a lot of really interestingly written things. Like, I feel like it's not a predictable. The songs don't have a predictable nature to them for me. Yeah. I think the only thing is the lyrical content. It's all about, you know, mythology, essentially. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I'm actually, and I was wondering if whether that whether that was also playing and so why there was so much singing because maybe like depending on what you're singing about there might be a lot to explain you know <laughs> maybe those gods got into trouble you know they did, <laughs> they did some crazy shit and if you want to get all the nuance i mean maybe you got to do like a whole concept about one like a whole album about one one thing and not like one album with a collection of things you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they should uh, just have an album called zeus fucks again <laughs> Oh uh, man, they could release their own Prometheus, right? Exactly. Just just an entire forty minutes about a guy strapped to a rock. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give the album a four out of six. I That's... mean four point five out of six. Oh, okay. Same. Yeah, same thing. Um basically when I halfway through the record it dawned on me that I'm like, these guys sound a lot like decapitated. Yeah, I got that. But with the different vocal style, obviously. Because good tap it. Decapitated has that kind of the early on, like, yeah, when the creation of deliciousness. It's you know, it's funny, yeah, we gotta listen to that again now, yeah, yeah, so good, anyway. Yeah, um, guitar playing was killer for me, melodies, solos. I was a little upset that. Um, the songs kind of meshed together and the singer sang so much. But other than that, 4.5 is a good record. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I'll listen to it again. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. So, you or me? Let's draw straws. All right, I lose. <laughs> Does that I'll, mean you go first or second? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go. Just go. <clears throat> so, um... By the way, I was looking at your hair, and it totally looked like you did. You were doing that thing where people like puff it up and then like clip it in the back. Yeah, so it was like a little like. It uh, actually reminds me a little bit of something. There's something about Mary where she puts the cum in her hair. Well, that's where you mean. Do people not do that? <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's a thing. No, I mean, but yeah, that's. Uh, I okay. think I got it like. I'll this. try that next time. 
That's that's how I save money on hair gel. Is that why it's so shiny right now? I mean, yeah, it helps with the sheen. Nice. It also you know gives off a scent that the ladies <laughs> like. It's also uh, smooth when you rub your balls on it. Uh... All right, so the album I'm doing <laughs> is uh, Gus G, who, I mean, he's in a plethora of bands, but notably Firewind and uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, Gus G, it's Wait, his... you mean he wasn't in um, the band Dream Evil? Yeah. I am your wife. <laughs> Shut, Shut up. <laughs> Which is weird because i that's like one of the songs I like the least that they do. Yeah. I listen to it because of that. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so, so the album, album. The album that I'm attempting to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> is Gus G's newest one, which is Brand New Revolution. Um, it's interesting. It starts off with an instrumental track that's really good. But um, honestly, after after doing like the old Drake album, yeah. um, I was sort of like, when listening to it, I was like, okay, I'm kind of I'm done with this. About halfway through, I was basically finished with it. Um, just because I... I don't know. It was good. It just I just kind of was like, I preferred actually the old Drake as far as an instrumental yeah. guitar metal thing is going to go. Although it was extremely good. It was technical. It was nice. I, if I was him, I would have had a singer on it, but that's just me. Yeah. <clears throat> if I, I, I would listen to it feeling like a singer was lacking. Um, but uh, anyway, so it had a few uh, um, singers on it. And um, so it had uh, Jeff Scott Soto who was on uh, Gone to Stay in Generation G. Jeff, Jeff Scott Soto's voice is really, really uh, wonderful, and, and I loved him on this album. Um, Matt's Levin was on uh, Come Hell or High Water, If It Ends Today, and The Demon Inside, and he was also fantastic. Uh, Jacob Button was hit or miss for me. He I, was on uh, Brand New Revolution, Burn, uh, We Are One, Behind Those Eyes, and One More Try. He was good on pretty much everything, but... Um, I didn't really like him on um, the second track on the album. I, <clears throat> I I didn't really enjoy him that much on that one. In fact, I was worried uh, that that the other songs he he was going to be on weren't going to be very good. But I got I got into uh, pretty much everything on the album uh, by the time it was done. It's so the you know the thing is is it's weird because I found I was at this intersection of being underwhelmed and enjoying things at the same time where right. it was like there would be like a riff where i was like this is stock as fuck like for like an intro to a song or something and then like someone would start singing and the song would start kicking in and, and then i would just f- forget about how underwhelmed i was <laughs> it was really weird it was like a bunch of very traditional metal tropes very you know in fact there's one song did did it remind you of the 80s at all it reminded me of the 80s in its totality. Yes. Okay. There's a song called um, uh, One More Try that actually the chorus sounds almost exactly like an Ozzy Osbourne song with different words. Um, did either of you guys pick that up? I didn't pick it up, but... I mean, no. the album sounds like a total 80s throwback yeah. for me. Well, I feel like Gus G is a living 80s throwback, really. I but- guess, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it it was really weird because I found myself at first really not enjoying the album, and then what got me into the album was actually um, the singer from Amaranth, Elise Ride. Was she on the previous record? You know, I don't know that. But why? No, 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 because I I just was wondering. Oh, okay. Um, She was on the song called um, What Lies Below. And so this is the strangest thing, which again, when that song started, I was like, fuck. They put like a little like weird techno song in the middle of this album. And I was like, big mistake. This album is going to get a shitty score now kind of deal. And then halfway through the song, I was like, this is the best fucking song (laughs) on this album. (laughs) No, that's funny because uh, when... um, in Firewind, they did a uh, like uh, oh fuck, what is it called? Maniac. Oh okay. Yeah, but it was like it's it was like a little techno like it was totally awesome, it was enjoyable. I'm agreeing with you. The basically, okay. basically. So, I got uh, 
there's a lot of songs that reminded me of Ingve Malmsteen, like yeah. 80s Ingve, which was weird because I went back to listen to it and I couldn't find anything that reminded me of Gus G. <laughs> but everything <laughs> I listened to of Gus G, or not everything, maybe like a quarter of the songs made me want to listen to that in- best of Ingve. That's weird because like um, Michael Romeo is like an Ingve. I know. Copy. I know it's weird. I <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I actually uh, kept thinking every now and then of um, Zach Wild, with some of the some of the ways that the squeals would be in, injected into the riffs reminded me a little bit of Zach. Yeah, I'm not saying that the stylistically, right? Like, I don't think Zach would write any of these songs. But <laughs> every now and then there was like a part of riff where I, where I would think to myself, "Oh, that that really kind of reminds me of Zach." Oh yeah. Which, yeah. Which I feel like kind of makes sense, being that he also has played with Ozzy, so maybe it's just a kind of a way of approaching a riff Maybe that's Ozzy similar. brings out the Zach in you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't think Gus actually wrote anything for the last Ozzy right. album, uh, which was shitty. Um, it probably would have been better. Oh, God, dude. The last Ozzy Osbourne album was so bad. I didn't listen to it. It's yeah, weird. The last I mean, Black Sabbath album... I kind of like. I actually, yeah, I'm gonna go on the other way on that one too. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was okay, uh, but I mean, you know, have when have you listened to it in the past couple weeks? No, like past, past couple, couple months. months. Yeah. So you listened to it in the last two months. Yes. You put it on. Yeah. You were like, you know what, I haven't heard in a while. No, well, just because I was like, I can't remember anything off of this. And I listen to it. I'm like, oh, it's not bad. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't. I, I find myself in a weird spot with this album because I feel like the rating is 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 as much an endorsement as it is an, an assessment of the album. So whether I think people should listen to the album, I think they should. I think yeah. it's I think it's a fun album. It's definitely nice to drive to. Those who are fans of Gus G will enjoy In the eighties. Yeah. I mean that's that's <laughs> 80s like butt rock. that's what this no, is all no. about. <laughs> I know. That's what this is all about. Um but uh I think people who are more into modern sort of uh styles to approaching like uh, songwriting and metal yeah. probably won't enjoy the album so much. Yeah. So, but that being said, my assessment for because all, all I can do is rate it for how I enjoyed it. I think at that mm-hmm. point, because it's, I think it's kind of maybe polarizing is I'll give it like a four, give it like a four. That's so funny. Six. Cause I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, when I was listening to the record, I kept on wanting to go listen to firewind. I just because I enjoyed the singer on that more. Dude, I was there with you like when I first started listening. Yeah. Not towards the end of my assessment, but when I first started, mm. I was like, oh, I kinda wanna listen to Firewall. But now. see the thing is is the 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 two bands, so to speak, are still different. It sounds like Gus G, but Firewind is to me is more laid back and this one's a little more a little more um experimental well, you so know to what? speak, where he he does more crazy things. Well, you know what's funny is that um, the bass player and drummer from Firewind are the they're on this album. Oh, okay. yeah. So it's basically Gus G is really just a rebranded Firewind where he's got more clout, I guess. Yeah. And and varying singers. Yeah, I mean the only other thing was is I didn't love the singers so much. They're just okay. I I actually really enjoyed the singers except for the one that you know that we mentioned who's yeah. in, who's an Adler. Yeah. Uh, do you know? Yeah, I I give it a four to six too. I just it reminded me too. It was such a time warp to the '80s that it was distracting, and I just wanted to listen to things from that era. I yeah, and I'm nothing really stood out for me in terms of, and I might be misremembering this completely, in terms of like Gus Gus's solo abilities. Like I don't remember anything that like really stood out and blew me away yeah well it's, it sounds like gus i mean i felt like i felt like my honest assessment of of solos in terms of the albums this week i i think i dug 
Romeo solos and um, who, I don't know who the guitar player is in Kronos off the top of my head, but yeah. I, I there are some solos on that album where I was like, this dude fucking shreds so hard. Yeah. Like, it's not even funny. Which is weird because Gus G is a, like a legend. He and, is. And there's a, well, maybe not a ton, but there's like a handful of Dream Evil songs where I, some yeah. of my favorite Into solos. Into the Moonlight? Yes. Oh my God. That was sex on a fretboard. That whole album is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Or is no, it Book it. of Heavy Metal, right? Yeah. That's what that's yeah, that was a. Re- I, I, I Are you a man or a mouse? Man or a mouse? Man. I love how like he um, Snowy Shaw fucked up the drum parts oh. in the recording, but then they kept it in anyways. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you just reminded me. Um, so I guess Snowy Shaw, uh, Michael Denner, and oh. uh, Hank Sherman are getting together and writing a record called Hank Sherman. Oh no, no, it's called. What, what, what was it called? Oh, uh, Sherman Denner, Sherman, Sherman Denner, it's called something like Sherman that. Sherman Denner. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be released you, later this year. Okay, that's fucking news. That is, <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. I completely forgot about it until you mentioned Snowy. Do you remember he joined uh, Demon Borger and then he left immediately after saying he was going to tour with them and shit because. Um, he rejoined Therion and Demon Borger were pissed. I wonder if he's out of Therion now and he's like, you know. Okay. He strikes me as a very undependable person. I, d- I don't know. I'm going to check this out. He's like, goes with the wind, man. Yeah, man. Call him Cool Breeze. <laughs> Just blows in and out whenever he pleases. That can be taken sexually. I know, right? Right? <sighs> <sighs> Holy shit. Oh, God, now I just want to listen to Dream Evil Made of Metal. Made. So let me see here. <laughs> he was in Doom Warger. And 2010, Doom Warger confirmed he was there. He quit the day after the official announcement. Although he <laughs> did appear on the... Uh-huh. Good peace, guys. He goes, it's recorded. He rejoined Therion again about a month after his departure was made official. And now it looks like he's touring with Sabaton. Or he did that, and now he's. He's just a whore. Yeah, he's a band whore. He seems like. He's his own groupie. Yeah, he seems like he's super all over the fucking map to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Just like his drumming style. I completely forgot what the fuck we were talking about. Are we doing Gus G still? <laughs> no. Remember <laughs> we, we I mentioned... Were, yeah, he mentioned I, Snowy Shaw with Michael Denner. Oh, God. No, that's really exciting, but I'll tell you what, if King Diamond ain't singing on it. No, the the guy from... Oh, my God. It's an 80s band. Um, oh, shit. Rooster of Fate? No. <laughs> I wish, dude, I wish. Uh, hold on. Vey Malmsteen? No? Um, Jesus Christ. Ooh, he's a good singer. This could Cage be from the band Cage. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's it's kind of Rob Halford esque, masculine. Ooh. You know what would have been cool? Ooh. It's Rob Halford. No, t- Tim Owens. I'm thinking realistically, Tim Owens would have been kind of a cool choice. I. You know how you say you don't like the way that uh, the podcast guy talks? It's the same way with Tim singing for me. Yeah. He just he does his cadence just doesn't do it. Yeah. Although he can scream like a motherfucker. I really enjoyed his cover. Uh, he's done it a few times, but uh, yeah. the covers he does of like Abigail. Yeah, yeah super we watched that together. Although it's super weird, dude, that his voice doesn't sound like King's. Is there's some things that are, there's, there's a specific way that King sounds when he does it. And when, when he sings it, sort of Halford-esque, it's like, oh, it's, it doesn't feel the same anymore. So when he goes, Abigail! Says, Abigail! You know, get that little high-end. What bothers me about him is that he's not a fan of music. Yes. Is that what he says? Yes. Yeah. He this doesn't like listen to music ever, like in his off time. That's just that's just insane. To he me. just sits in a car quietly. Listens, Talk radio. I think he he listens to a lot of sports. Like and follows sports a lot. It's just like it kind of bothers me. It's like you're in this, or maybe he is he still or was. 
in the industry and you don't yeah, he's in the yeah, he's, he is. he's with that uh, i think that band sandstone i think I, do, I i don't remember i'm pretty sure that's their name we'll just go with that <laughs> <laughs> i feel the correction coming uh, not for me i don't fucking know <laughs> okay that, that kind of just bothered me so yeah there's some people that are like that um I don't know what that's about. Some artists say that when they're working on an album, they stop listening to music. I've heard that, which seems a little bit more acceptable to me for some reason. Like they don't want a song to fuck with like outside their thinking. Another part of me thinks that that could be a good thing, though, right? But actually, I so I listened to an interview with Michael Akerfeld recently. Yeah, and he was saying that um, he he. The re- reason why the last two albums didn't have growl vocals is because he just wasn't influenced by any style of music like that. So he started writing music in the style that he was influenced by. I can dig which it. Which make, totally makes sense because it sounds 60s, proggy yeah. as fuck. Yeah. So. I was... I, I, I'm down with the last two albums. What's funny is I had heard that, um, that he... Was thinking about putting some some growls in a couple parts, and when the band heard it, they were like, "No, nah, just sing." Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it, it's not like he made the decision all on his own. Even it's like the the entire group was like, "No, if it fits, it fits." Yeah. And I mean, we have so much material to listen to that he's written that has him singing like that on it at yeah. this point. That I really don't feel like I'm missing anything anymore. Yeah. yeah, you get it live though, which is which is nice. Yeah, that's cool. I'm really glad that he still plays those things. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So Abigail is uh is gonna be played in its entirety in an upcoming tour. That is so awesome. I'm fucking stoked, dude. I'm gonna go. We're all gonna go to that. I'm pretty sure, right? Aren't we all doing Hammered that? Hammered as fuck like last time. Abigail, I know that you are so fucking drunk, <laughs> Abigail. Oh, let's go to the stairs. <laughs> I got another beer. <laughs> Just don't fall down. <laughs> I've had six, six, six drinks. <laughs> Do you have a stutter? Jonathan, I am so very drunk. <laughs> okay. So I, I hold album. on, hold on. I have to do this. I, have to. <laughs> I am invited inside your wife. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, so I had an album to listen to, apparently. No way. Between you two fucking talking. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Animals. Um, I had uh, <laughs> I had uh, Symphony X's new album, Underworld. What's so funny? Um, so it's their ninth ninth offering, and uh, which is pretty interesting because it got number six on the Billboard Hard Rock mm-hmm. charts, and uh, Joe Satriani, which. I was going to say, oh, I'll take that too this time around. But you're like, no, it's not. It's not metal. (laughs) Um, Joe Satriani is actually at number three. That's impressive. Yeah. And uh, Lamb of God is one. I don't care. No, no, but it's funny because (laughs) this is all all hard rock. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> Hard I, Rock. Okay, I I dig that. I'm not a I'm not a Lamb of God fan though, in in the slightest bit. <clears throat> but you don't feel that the genre is slightly misleading. What? It's in the Hard Rock. Billboards. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like when you go into like a, a record store, Metallica's in the rock and roll section, yeah. you know, and you're like, hmm, I don't think that like Ride the Lightning is a is a rock and roll album. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Same no. kind of bullshit. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you guys have listened to Iconoclast and uh, Paradise, Lo- Paradise Lost, um, it's very similar sounding. I li- I like to. I'm gonna go right out the gate here and go. I en- I enjoy this album a lot, but I enjoyed Iconoclast more. Okay, so with that said, um, Iconoclast was a much more aggressive sounding album. Um, <clears throat> but 
Symphony X right now is in a career, or I mean, at a point in their career where they're kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last three records are now very similar sounding. Um, but that's to be expected because this is their now ninth album. So who cares, right? Um, but this album is still very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's emotional. I found it was very emotional. Um, it's very catchy with its courses. Um, the hooks, which go in and out of the courses, I thought were perfection. Um, perfection. Yeah. And it has very solid progressive moments, prog moments in there. They would be like, yeah, that's delicious. Um, it's not a concept album, but it is uh, inspired from Dante's Inferno and uh, uh, Orpheus and the Underworld. Oh, that's why Cronus is in there. Yeah. Or sorry. Uh, Charon. Yeah. Charon, Charon. That was a good song. Yeah. Um, there's also some things that were, I think it was in Underworld or I can't remember, um, where it, it brings back references to the, an older album. I think it's Sad Wings of Destiny. Ooh. Yeah. So I didn't catch that. Yeah. Judas Priest. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, so basically... There's nothing I did not like about this record. Um, it's very well mixed, um, and I felt that each song had a like kind of a personality to it. Um, one of my favorite songs is Underworld. It's fucking heavy as shit. Um, the opening is pretty brutal, and it has like an operatic chant, chants kind of strewn throughout. So it's it's pretty awesome. Um, Russ's singing is on par as usual. Um, I love it when in that song he holds the end of the notes. It sounds kind of, kind of evil. Mm. I I just really like it. I've got to go on record also in saying that like he is a huge part of why I listen to this band. Yeah, no, I, he, I just love the sound of his fucking voice. Yeah, he his voice is unique. But the thing I like about it is it's it's gonna be this is gonna sound kind of weird, but it's very masculine. Yeah. Like he's a masculine singer. He's not like, yeah. And it's full bodied and yeah. he's a trained singer. Yeah. No, and it's when it well shows. done. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he's amazing. And by the way, if I just want to lick his vocal cords. <laughs> yeah. I bet that's not all <laughs> Get out of here, dude. <laughs> when he sings live, it is album it, quality. No, if not better. Yeah. And you sometimes wonder, like, how come that's not on the album? <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, still on the song Underworld, uh, I love the keyboards kind of in the middle have like a little boot, like a, it's like a keyboard fury. Love it. And and then like they have like a duet or not a duet, but like a duel, the mm-hmm. keyboards and the guitars. So awesome. Yeah. I like. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The album actually has a lot of that. A lot of like uh, uh, guitar, keyboard duets and like uh, like duels too, I guess. So. Um, Without You was the lightest song on the record, I mm-hmm. felt. Um, but it was really well done. I l- really love the guitar layering um, during the courses because when it's when he has doing the the good the heavy guitar in the background, you hear the acoustic strumming away. I thought it was like the uh, uh, is it the song Paradise Lost? Uh, which one? Wait. Ah, um, oh, fuck. Just okay. continue. I can't remember um, right now. They actually throw in some blast beats on Kiss of Fire, which Martin did not like so much. Thought I thought it was, uh, I, it just it just didn't it didn't work for me because it felt like somebody that was going like oh like let's try something new but not really going all the way with it. Okay. That's how I felt. Yeah, it just it felt it felt like somebody like dipping their toes in the water instead of jumping in. Right, but again, <clears throat> you you mentioned that it was very similar to Kronos. Um, well, no, no, you're like, well, I like Cronus's version better. I'm like, well, again, that's two completely yeah, different they're, bands. Yeah, they're very different. I, I think, I, I think uh, again, like I say, full disclosure, I, th- I think I listen to stuff akin to Kronos probably more more often than I listen to stuff that's yeah. like Symphony X also. Right. So so that's just, you know, there's maybe personal taste. Right. Me. Yeah, no, and, and that song has a lot of very, pro- It's I mean, the whole album is kind of proggy, but... Um, what I really like about it is there's a high moments and then there's like low moments, which I'm a fan of. It's very dynamic. It um, is. It's super dynamic. Uh, Run with the devil, super catchy chorus. Yeah, I, I hate love, the fucking I name of the song. I know. Song. I, I understand. I understand. But 
when I'm driving down the road, I can't help just to roll down the windows and running with the devil. No, stop it! No. <laughs> stop it! Um, the with when it comes to the solos, I think my favorite was on the last song, "Legend." It also starts with tapping bass. Yeah, which is, you know, just saying. <laughs> Really, I didn't it's hear from any bass a bass players. player, mind you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear bass player out of the three albums. Still <laughs> bass. <laughs> there was a bass player. Yeah. No, uh, Lapond is very. He's he's he plays really well on this record. I I loved it all. Everybody does. That's the thing. Is like the drummer adds his little tasty bits. <laughs> I just realized what, 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 I was what happens when you have a bunch of 14, 14 year olds with a mic and ten bucks for a podcast. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, it was a long day fuck it taste the bits um, no but everybody adds their own personalities to the to the record and it it just it meshes really well and again it's because they're very um, seasoned musicians that's why um, doesn't Le Pond have Crohn's I don't I think fuck something like is that. that so <laughs> I think you oh man I, I that shit remember. is devastating um, although when I first heard the song Swan uh, Swan Song, I didn't like it, and I'm like I'm, I skipped it because I'm like I I just instantly I didn't like it. But then I went back to it, I'm like that was stupid because the ending to that song fucking gives me goosebumps. Yeah, it was, it was good. Because when when uh, when uh, Russ is singing like with the guitar solo in the background, it's like you feel like he's losing somebody, and you're like, damn it, bring her back, bring her back, she can't die. Oh, but she does. Yes, unfortunately. Um, anyway, like fucking spoiler alert, guys. Jeez. Hello, who hasn't read Dante's Inferno? Yeah, or I Orpheus. I haven't read Orpheus, but I haven't read Dante's Inferno. Believe? Can you believe that? Actually, yeah, that's, that's actually time. kind of surprising. Anyway, if this album was iconoclast, it would get a six. But it's not iconoclast. So for me, it gets. I think it's gonna get a five. Well, it's getting five. There. Wow, it's really up there. What about you? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a five out of six. <laughs> okay, that's probably closer to what I'm thinking. Um, I really enjoy the album. <clears throat> I thought it was cool. The thing is, is that um, I'm used to a certain level of unpredictability i think when i listened to symphony x and i felt like this was a little bit more predictable like sometimes when riffs would come i could kind of i could kind of feel where it was going to go and what it was going to do and um i didn't feel like it was being phoned in but i also kind of felt like it was like i don't know i just kind of wanted a little bit more unpredictability Mm -hmm. for me um I really dug the, obviously, uh, I like the song Kiss of Fire, but there were some components of it that, that didn't really mesh well with me. Uh, I think that was the one with the blast the beat. Blast beat yeah, yeah. yeah, that didn't really mesh too well with me. Um, I like Sharon. That, that was yeah. a, that's a really good song. The chorus is really nice. Um, Run With the Devil was actually one of the only, uh, was, well, let me not phrase it that way. It was a, it was a song that I, I instantly added to my, my uh, playlist on Spotify after I listened to it. That was great. Uh, Swan Song was okay. Legend, I actually didn't like the, the I think it was the chorus in Legend. It felt, it felt like two different songwriting ideas that were like put together because maybe they were in the same scale or something to me. It, did, it felt like a, like a Symphony X thing, but then at the same time, it just like, I just wasn't, I didn't dig Legend. That was probably the song I enjoyed the least. I thought um, you were going to say I, I hated the tapping bass parts. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> well, I, I don't. There were bass players. Yeah, there was. Bass player? What? <laughs> what what yes. is this? There's bass playing in the album. <laughs> is that like a guitar without distortion? <laughs> yes. It has bigger strings. How much like like Zach Wildgage or pretty, um, pretty close. <laughs> Shit. But uh yeah, so I I, I, here's the thing on this album basically I enjoyed everyone that was on it except um, you didn't like the drummer Jason Rouleau yeah well I was yeah I didn't I didn't like Jason because I just know what you're gonna say yeah <laughs> I I I, uh, I think that was part of where, where the predictability was coming in for me was because like it didn't feel like there was like a lot of thought being put in on the drums to like varying up maybe where the pulse was gonna be on, on certain riffs and I stuff disagree. like that 
and disagree. That's I mean, and that's fine. Here's the thing: there, there is, might be a bias here. By no, the way. no, there is no bias. I mean, I, I love Symphony X. I have an open bias. Here, here's what here's what I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he's a bad drummer. That's obviously no. not what I'm saying. I just think that it didn't it didn't feel to me like as good as I just gotta go see Iconoclast is just so good. You know what I mean? Right. It's just it's I don't know. So I'm gonna give this uh, uh I'll give it a four point eight. Damn son, yeah. it's it's just I don't know. Iconoclast for me is is really really great, and it's just I don't know. It's still very much worth a listen. It's just yeah. it's just I just don't think it's as good as Iconoclast. I just don't. Oh. And I can't really add anything in too in depth, but I just want to say that I feel like Paradise Lost and Iconoclast had these songs, which after many listens, they ended up becoming some of my favorites. Yeah, like it took. Maybe the second time or the third time picking up the album again to be like, oh my god, this song's on here? Like, I fucking love this chorus or this hook. Why didn't I notice this before? Right. And part of me thinks that I haven't listened to this enough to, like, unlock those moments. I, and I think and, you will. And I'm hoping I will, but then also part of me thinks that I'm not going to. Yeah. Because I haven't really seen, like, the little hints. Because by, by now I know what I'm looking for. Like, I know the songs that I really like off their previous albums that really get my dick hard. And this is like, I don't see it yet, but I'm holding out hope that I'm, you know, I'm still going to listen to it probably a lot more. So yeah. better. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, all three of these albums are really good. I'm going to listen to all of them when we're, when we're done with the podcast, for sure. Yeah. All right, guys, you're going to be listening to a track off of Symphony X's uh, new album, Underworld, the track called Run With The Devil.
That is disrespectful. Whoa! <laughs> um, I, I wanted to comment on your whole drumming predictability thing. Yeah. Um, I felt it's that, gonna fight. Yeah, it's gonna be a fight. I have the feeling he's gonna he's gonna poke the bear. No, 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 no. That's not it. Um, no, I felt <laughs> Romeo was more predictable. No, I know. I actually, I felt, I felt that way a little bit also. But, but then that's I was, because there was moments where I'm like, that could have been that's that's off the bonus album of Iconoclast. No, I mean the bonus, the bonus CD off of yeah. Iconoclast. That's what it. Some of this sounds like that. Yeah. To me. Yeah. So so I mean, as far as far as predictability, that's where I'm. I I see it. Yeah, I was. I felt that a little bit too, but. A part of me was thinking, like, is it just because I've listened to so much Symphony X at this point, you know, that it's just like I just, like, I've just got a feel for for that style, you know. But see that, that I mean, I just know. yeah. Well, although maybe that's what that means. Maybe that's what predictability is. I don't know. I mean, it could be a blessing and a curse. I guess so. Because you're gonna keep fans, and then, or you're gonna be like, oh, this this album's boring. No. I guess like fuck. You can always take risks like Mike with Opeth, right? It's like, hey guys, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, you know, I, I mentioned this before is when bands start to get stale, I always felt, go back to your older album, record, re-record it and try something different on it. Just try it. Because you'll be like fucking probably amazed of like, wow, I didn't know, you know, back then I did this, but now that I'm much older, I'm doing it differently this way. I... And then you ruin a classic, and then the fans hate you forever. No, because you still have the cast of classic. That's how I feel. Hey, I mean, Dan Swano did it, and nobody got upset at Dan. That's true. With his Nightingale stuff. But it swallowed. David Warger did it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty solid record. I, I It's funny, because now I feel like I have twice as much Stormblast to listen to. Cause right. Because I, I like both of those albums. Yeah, I know, because they're, they're both they're, they're this, they're similar, but they're Totally different. Yeah. No Sorgan's camera though. Yeah, that's very upsetting. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's. I think that was the one that uh, that that guy wrote for us for like a theme song for a video game on Atari, right? Wasn't it that one? <laughs> there's a there's a song. I think it was Sorgan's camera that um that like uh, Stian Arstead said that he had written, and the band was like, "Oh yeah, this is cool. Like, let's put it on the album," and then. And then, uh, how long? I think it was even after Stian had been fired from the band already. Like, the guy uh, sent the band a message and was like, hey, um, that song is my song. That's I wrote that for a video game. And then, sure enough, there's this video game on Atari where that's the theme song to the game. Really? Yeah. And uh, that's why that's not on there. Because they they don't own the rights to the, like that song should by all rights have never been a David Borger song. Interesting. The more you know. Like I want to look that up now. Nuclear explosions. But yeah, so wow, can you tell that everybody on this podcast is fucking exhausted? Yeah, I know I do real work. I don't know about you guys. I'm just stand around. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I play. I play. Worked 40 hours in the past three days, including today. Dude, ching ching, motherfucker. I know, dude. I'm going on vacation soon. Going to Vancouver. I'm rich, bitch. You should go. I'm going to be rich for like a week and then I'm going to be poor again. You should go find Gorguts and go have a beer. Oh my God, dude. If I saw Luke LeMay. But he's not in Vancouver. Do you know where he lives? Uh, I used to know. Quebec. Yes. Oh, he's in French Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty far away. Doesn't matter. You're going on vacation. Definitely. There's hey, no excuses. I'll talk to my girlfriend. We'll, we'll make some travel arrangements. <laughs> yeah, we have to stop by and have a beer with Luke because we're like yeah. totally bros. Yeah, we're bros. I, I bought all his albums so I know, so he knows who I am. I gave him a 20 <laughs> after I bought the new Gorguts album, which is fantastic. And um, oh, yeah. I said, go buy yourself a beer. And he goes, oh, no, that's too much. I okay, can have a couple. <laughs> yeah i'm a i i like luke he's he's so down to earth he's a nice guy no he's super sweet yeah and he's such a good fucking songwriter no i know and i remember seeing him live that night that i'm like 
nobody he's working his ass off and not nobody else there is like appreciating it and i got upset oh really yeah because i didn't see that and i'm fucking pissed that i didn't yeah get to no see. like you weren't there at that show no no were you and i not cool at that point i don't think so yeah fuck He'll that's come. fucking sucks dude <laughs> that would have been fun yeah no um no and he's like working his ass off and like nobody's you know he's i think he was the opener yeah, it yeah. was uh, Death to All, right? Yeah. Oh, no. But there, I think there was somebody before him. I don't remember. But anyway, I, I just, you know, he's, <sighs> he's been in the industry for a while, and he's up there kicking ass. Well, you know, he was at, I think that the Gorgats was at both of the Death to Alls, weren't they? No. Uh, no. Only yeah. the first one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. I, they came around again with somebody else then, I think, because I could have sworn I saw them again there. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. All right, guys, with that said, we're going to head out and get some food. Yeah. It's time to eat some grub, the tasty bits. (laughs) Tasty bits. So thank you very much for listening, uh, and uh, we look forward to providing you with a great episode on Urzabit Battery in in the future. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is Martin. This is Matt. And this is Dino. Goodbye.